Welcome to Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast. I am your host, Dave West, codename Phantom Troublemaker. I am your co-host, Noel Wood, codename Crapshoot. And I'm your Cobra intern who did too many shots of Toxo Joe last night. Codename <laughs> Legion Cub. Oh, wow. Okay, so we're doing something uh, brand new here. If you have signed up at audiblearmy.com, you have access for the first time ever to the video version of one of our segments episodes. They can see us? They can see you. And uh, I highly recommend uh, you put some clothes on right now. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And if you are signed up at audiblearmy.com, you also have early ad-free access to the audio version of this episode. Uh, this is a new thing that we're doing. Audiblearmy.com has all kinds of great benefits. For $1.99 a month, you get my show notes before each episode is released. You get early and ad-free access to all audio episodes. You get exclusive video access to recordings of audio episodes. So our segments episodes uh, that normally are just audio, uh, you will be able to see the video of those at audiblearmy.com and nowhere else. You get early access to all G.I. Joe reviews on the Needless Things YouTube channel. Uh, I recently put up early access to Shadow Tracker, Mutton Junkyard, uh, and all all forthcoming Joe reviews, uh, audiblearmy.com will get access first. You get the opportunity to vote on content for the show, and our Audible Army got to vote on the Deke episode that we are reviewing for this episode. Uh, you also get early access to merch, exclusive reviews, unboxings, and more. I've already uh, looked at a couple of different things uh, over there, and those videos also will not go up anywhere else. Uh, right now at audiblearmy.com, you can check out my rundown of the mauler that I am absolutely in love. I, I am so... Brawler. The brawler? A brawler. Brawler. How dare you, how dare yeah, you I run know. down the mauler like that? <laughs> oh, <laughs> the brawler, which I love so much. Do you know what I did? I turned the lights down really low. I put on some music. <laughs> I got in the shower with my brawler and I gave it a real good rub down. I slowly peeled off every little sticker covering it, which by the way, this, you know, the problem with these vehicles past 89, 90 is they have the paper stickers Mm -hmm. that sometimes come right off and sometimes don't. Every single one of these just peeled right off, left no residue or anything behind. But, uh, I did. I literally was sitting in the shower with this a toothbrush and some Dawn and gave it a full scrub down. It's bright and shiny and beautiful. And I'm going to do a follow-up uh, video on audiblearmy.com once I get my Toy Hacks uh, repro stickers in and get it all dressed up again. Uh, and I also did a little segment on the Swamp Masher, something I've had my eyes on for a long time, and I got a nice deal on one. Uh, so, so you can great. check that out as well. Huh? I said it's so great. It's it's it really is. It's it's I wanted it just because of the colors and it's it's a little weird, but it's actually mm-hmm. a great toy too. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, check out audiblearmy.com for tons and tons of content. 
one tier for everything. Uh, maybe way down the line, we'll come up with something else, but uh, $1.99 a month gets you so much more uh, than just our regular episodes and live streams. Uh, Needless Things YouTube channel, you can see our live streams uh, usually on Mondays. However, our next live stream is going to be on Sunday the 14th. Is that right? Sunday is the 14th, correct? Yes. Uh, Sunday the 14th, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, is the place to interact with us and have all kinds of fun during a live episode of Audible Interlude. And also keep an eye on Audible Interlude podcast on Instagram for the sound off post where you get the opportunity to tell us what you want us to talk about. All right. With all that out of the way, and and, and let me put everybody at ease. I am not going to run down all of the benefits of uh, audiblearmy.com every single episode, but obviously up front here with having just launched it, uh, I want to make it clear just how much you're getting for less than $2 a month. Less than the price of a half a shot of espresso at Starbucks. I guess. I don't know what the cost at Starbucks. I have no I idea. I think it's less than the cost of a burger at McDonald's now. That's crazy. So, yeah, join us at audiblearmy.com. Uh, and check We're out- definitely tastier than that, listeners. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean. Uh, and, and also check out our new Audible Interlude Tactical Shovel t-shirts. Those, those are out there. Uh, Take a look. All right. Before we dig into our segments this week, I do want to talk about something with you guys, because this occurred to me the other day when I was in the store. I have, you know, we're toy collectors and we have our limits about certain things, but I want to define a little bit of a difference here because obviously pricing is more of a factor in our lives than it's ever been before. And when you get online and you see people talking about, the toys that are coming out and whether or not they're going to collect them and their thoughts on them and whatever else, the idea of things being overpriced comes up all the time. But a lot of times when people say overpriced, I think what they really mean is too expensive for me to buy. And those, those are in, to me, those are two different, two different things. Overpriced would be, here's a, (laughs) Here's a figure of DC Comics, the Spectre, that includes a Build-A-Figure piece, and it's $40. That, to me, is overpriced. The price on that should be 25 maybe 30 depending on the tooling, the quality, the, you know your perceived value. But $40 for that, to me, is just straight-up overpriced. Whereas... Uh, looking at, I'm trying to think of an example of too expensive, something where I see the value of it and I agree about the price, but well, well the cat's the layer. tank. Well, but well, the his tank well, isn't expensive for me. The cat's layer, though, is a good example. Oh, true. The layer, I agreed with the price, it seemed fair, but it was just too expensive for me. So the, 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 those are two different things to me. Are you guys kind of on the same page with that? Or do you have any variances, wiggle room in between? 
Yeah, I can kind of see there is a fine line in between those things. Now, as somebody who's been collecting Lego for a long time, there's there's definitely a more measurable scale with that because sure. you can you can base it on the number of elements and like there's certain things that like that for instance there's like a new Avengers jet that just came out that costs like 89.99 and it's got 400 pieces and I'm like that's too expensive that's overpriced it's both of those things because that's like 20 something cents an element where you know really ideally you're shooting for like anywhere from like eight to 15 cents per element well that's what i was going to say is i feel like for because my my son when he was younger was way way into legos or into lego pardon me lego um i interviewed a lego master builder i should know well i'm very good friends with somebody who could potentially be a master builder but uh he was very into Lego for years, and it seemed to me that around ten cents a brick or element or whatever seemed to be the average. Like you looked at the piece count on the box and could kind of judge it, varying by license, you know, a little right. bit. Obviously, the unlicensed Lego sets you're getting a better value. Uh, but you're right; that was very. It's Lego is very measurable. So. <clears throat> I, I agree with you. It is absolutely two separate things. I don't think that, because I see this actually kind of frequently, I don't think the Discord should be to, or Discourse, sorry, uh, is to create Discord well, among the people that is that is that say it's too expensive. Well, you're talking about the the discourse that creates discord on discord correct you all um, of your terminology was was <laughs> accurate like for example i collect gem dolls when integrity came out with their line of dolls okay these are roughly they're cheaper than a hot toys that's too expensive for some people for some people it was fine Okay, they have a production run of like 600 dolls. Okay, supply and demand. Yeah. Then they broke the $200 mark. And it's like, wait a minute, I'm paying the same price that I would for a Hot Toys. I'm not seeing the, the value, again, because what you're getting with that does not equal what you would get with a hot toys figure it, using joe as an example um mutt and junkyard absolutely worth the deluxe price yes i can 100 percent also sympathize with people that have to be incredibly picky and choosy because even a deluxe figure can be over can be too expensive oh, for absolutely. certain people. Anything um, can be too expensive. If if you're if you're budgeting or you just have very specific standards for what you'll spend, mutton junkyard could be too expensive. Like it's right. that it's it's all personal value judgments until you get to overpriced. And when you're talking about overpriced, you're talking again like with Lego about something that that is quantifiable. Right, so because... ignoring the whole Ross thing, I felt like the Viper 3 pack was 
overpriced because when you looked at the cost of the extra weapons and elements, to me, that did not equal that value. Yeah, because so, it's fifteen extra dollars on top of what the three figures would have been if they were sold. Correct. And actually, were they even twenty five at that point, or were they still twenty two ninety nine? As the I want to say, they were twenty three. Twenty three bucks a time. So, and yeah, I that could was, be wrong, but I think you're right. If that's the case, and that's like twenty one dollars worth of blast effects. Which do you think they were still no? Because that the bat. And the Alley Viper were the last figures that were released at a 1999 MSRP, and they very quickly oh. moved up to the next price. Which yeah, would and like that came out yeah. after okay those yeah, and they weren't 2299 for very long. It was probably about a six to eight month window that yeah, that was a brief price yeah, point before they went up to 25. Um, but yeah, overpriced is, is, uh, and you're right. That Viper three pack was, I agree that that was overpriced, but overpriced brings in things, you know, people look at super seven ultimates and say they're overpriced. Well, they're not because you have to consider the production, the, how the MOQ on those, like everything that goes into the, like, they're a different product from classified figures. They just are. Now, if you don't, if you feel they're too expensive, that's totally fine. That's understandable, but you can't call them overpriced because, they with all different factors go into those so that's just across the board you just have to look at things like that and And there's some lines that there's some lines that i look at like when i look at like masterpiece transformers i i don't think any of them are overpriced because so much engineering goes into them they they're really high quality toys but that's also not something i'm going to go out and buy every one of right i i have a handful of them i don't you know i, I don't see a lot of people that are just going to go out there and buy and be completist on those masterpieces they're they're special you know you you buy the ones that you really really want you're going to spend a little extra money on them but yeah they're they're too expensive to be in the regular habit of buying but i don't think or, that they're or expensive. that's all you collect right yeah right. Like, Which uh, I admire the heck out of people like our pal Bo Brown, who only collects Masters of the Universe. That's it. There you go. Like, and that's I like that I said willpower. I, yes, yes, it is because I know there's some other things he would love to dabble in, but he is he is very disciplined with his collecting. Well, it was just a little conversation that I wanted to have uh, to kick the show off since we're going to be doing this is later than normal for anybody who's interested in audiblearmy.com. Uh, normally, we do record on Monday nights, whether it's a live stream or our segments episode. Uh, but Noel here is soldiering through a brutal case of COVID. Yes. No, he's soldiering through a brutal case of cesspool. <laughs> like he, yes. he knew what we were going to do this week and was like you know what he was trying I am to weasel that out dedicated of it. no he was trying to weasel out of it and i said oh no we'll just reschedule buddy and he was like darn it i know what was going on uh so with, with all that being said we got a lot of stuff to cover so let's get to it So this segment is called Rank and File Card, and what we have been doing for quite some time now is looking back in history at all 
of the G.I. Joe file, card, file cards starting in 1982. And uh, an element we added, a little savory spice we've been sprinkling on those file cards, is input from my dad, uh, retired lieutenant colonel in the Army. And this time around, we've got a very, very special treat uh, for everybody uh, in the Audible Army, whether you're whether you're paid up or not. We have a file card for none other than Lieutenant Colonel Mongoose himself. Uh, I collaborated with my dad on this because I really wanted to have a file card for him. I am hoping we can get a print copy of some kind produced pretty soon here. Uh, I'm having a lot of trouble finding somebody who can do G.I. Joe style art of any kind, whether it be Sunbow or or card art or, or whatever. I'm, I'm having a little challenge hooking up with anybody. So if you know someone, whichever, honestly, Sunbow would be my preference, even though that's not what's on the file cards. I would like to have that as the aesthetic for the show. So if you know anybody, uh, hook us up. So anyway, here we go. This is the official file card for Codename Mongoose. File name Classified Alias T.J. Jackson. Serial number Classified. Primary military specialty 12Z Engineer Officer. And I have to tell you, so what we're going to do is we're running down the file card this episode and then I'm actually going to get with my dad and talk about the file card with him. And we're going to produce that as a special bonus segment on audiblearmy.com. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Because I got to tell you, I need some specificity about 12Z engineer officer. Uh, secondary military specialty. Classified. He's a man of mystery. Uh, birthplace, Savannah, Georgia. Grade 05, Lieutenant Colonel. Biography, Civilian Education, BSCE, North Carolina State University, MSTM, Mercer University, Postgraduate Studies at Georgia Tech, Emory University, Northwestern University, and Harvard. And I will tell you right now, this is all factual. Military Education, Engineer Officer Basic Course, Engineer Officer Advanced Course, Command and General Staff College Honor Graduate. Engineer Platoon Leader, Combat, Engineer Company Commander, Battalion S2, Brigade Assistant S3, Assistant Deputy Division Chief. Mongoose developed anti-terrorist training to protect petroleum infrastructure, experience in all phases of petroleum exploration, production, refining, and distribution. Quote from G.I. Joe General about Mongoose. Invaluable expert in petroleum logistics and anti-terrorist training. So obviously, a lot of that is pretty intense. There are, I was told, there are a lot of details that cannot be shared. A lot had to be left out of that. But this is uh, as thorough as he could get about his career and his specialties and it blew me away because as, you know, as a little kid growing up with him, it was literally like, Ooh, he's, a, you know, he would come home in the, in the uniform. And like, I saw the pictures and he would, you know, not go into great detail about Vietnam, but had some stories to share, uh, had some pictures. So this is, uh, 
this is a very interesting starting point for what I think is going to be a really good interview. So I've got, I've got to get, uh, I've got to get the Lieutenant Colonel scheduled and sit down with him. And, uh, we're going to have a conversation about as much as he can talk about, which is going to be interesting because he just turned 79 and he, he, his, uh, he's a talker. (laughs) So, well, as I mentioned with the story about the, uh, how, how mortars, uh, not, not mortars, bazookas, bazookas were not really a thing. Uh, the, the version that I shared here was maybe a couple of minutes. The version that he told me was well over half an hour. So, uh, but we're, so, we're going to get him on and we're going to get into a little more detail. So based off of the other file cards that we have looked at so far, I don't know what questions you can ask to get this answer, but I feel like your dad is secretly a ninja. <laughs> it is entirely possible and if you I, remember we're gonna have to, in the 90s he would yeah, have been we're gonna need some entrapment because <laughs> i've not heard that much classified since snake eyes we'll do i'll tell you what we'll do the interview in person and i'll throw a rock at his head and see <laughs> if he catches it <laughs> well that'll be proof of his ninja skills (laughs) and i'll tell you right now at at the ripe old age of 79 he would catch it and then he would beat me with it (laughs) Uh (laughs) uh-huh so uh so yeah that is uh the official mongoose file card hopefully to be a a fully published uh art uh, accompanied by art form very soon we'll see if we can get into that and we still have file cards for us that a listener wrote a long time ago that like this one i'm waiting to find the right artist to produce oh. because i want these to look right i'm not going to put out nothing and and i'm not casting a spur well i guess i am casting aspersions i'm not naming names nothing bothers me more than seeing a podcast or or a pursuit or a any kind of content that i enjoy that is using some janky art that drives me crazy. I, I see that and I'm like, no, you're better than that. Just don't just don't have art until you find the person that can do the art you deserve. Drives me why, nuts. Why why couldn't have Snake Eyes bloodline have followed your creed? <laughs> <laughs> oh game. no. Oh man. Uh yes, oh, it's never review, going away. Our review uh of of only the first issue <laughs> is available wherever you get your podcasts. We did learn here recently, though, at least I learned recently, that there, the name Mongoose has now been used for a G.I. Joe character. That is correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, illuminate us on that. Yeah. It was in, uh, was it in the 102 issue that we, or sorry, 302 issue we read, or was it in the Duke ep- well, issue? Somebody, somebody pointed it out to, somebody shot us a message. Um, and pointed it out, and I, I want to say it was in the, well, hang it on, was in three o two, I believe the name Mongoose, and I was like, oh, there is a character named Mongoose that has, uh, that was actually introduced late in the IDW run, um, 
Yeah, and I can't. I'm never going to find. We've got so many messages. By the way, if you want to shoot us a direct message, Audible Interlude Podcast on Instagram is, uh, it's the easiest way to do it. But the best way to do it is at audiblearmy.com. Oh yes. So we went to the Audible Army at audiblearmy.com and we asked them, Audible Army, which Deke episode should we review? And the episode that they chose for us in their infinite wisdom was Infested Island, which I don't know. Well, we, we'll just get right into it. It was written by Martha Morin, directed by John Grusud. Grusd? How, do you, how would you guys pronounce that? G-R-U-S-D. Charday. Yes. Uh, John Charday, who directed every episode of this season. Uh, the original air date was October 28th, 1991. So in 1991, I was three years past paying any attention to G.I. Joe at all. Um, Batman the Animated Series was not yet a thing. X-Men the Animated Series was not yet a thing. Toxic Crusaders hadn't even debuted yet. That's right. Which is surprising considering like our right? subject matter here. Yeah. Um so in 91 I, I was I guess I was I mean I was begrudgingly watching Ninja Turtles, I guess. I don't know. I'm not sure what was going on in 91. Ninja I was Turtles probably watching... definitely would have been on. Yeah. I was probably watching uh, like Beverly Hills 90210 at that point in time. I was I was watching adult shows in in high school. Uh, you know you what? Would I did? Never cease to amaze me, Noel, because <laughs> I that is not what I ever thought I would hear you say. One other thing that surprises me is that. that this actually also produced by Deke. Captain Planet only debuted on September fifteenth of nineteen ninety. I thought it'd been on for a while before that, so. It had only been around for about a year when this day, when this first aired. So I did this one time and completely forgot to ever do it again. I'm going to have to, you guys are going to have to help me remember. Uh, one of the reviews we did, I actually looked up pop culture of the year that the episode happened. And then I've, I have never done it since. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do that again, but we can't do it this time because there's so much to talk about with this 1991 episode of GI Joe, which as you see, if you're watching the video version, the lovely title card that we got for this episode, which by the way, something I hadn't noticed in the previous Deke episodes we reviewed Deke has cold opens. Yes. It doesn't happen in every episode. Okay. But, um, and, and I don't even think it happens that often. It kind of threw me for a loop when this one started. I was oh, like, okay, okay. So maybe it was kind of a rare thing. Yeah, I, I, I know it happened more than once. Or maybe but... it was just the, because this is a season two, I think, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was more the second season, because I, I think this is the first season two episode we've watched. Uh, it... But whatever the case, we're in, we're in, uh, we open in a jungle. And then the cool metallic, obviously hand-drawn, which I really appreciate, G.I. Joe logo slides into the screen. With a nice shine. It's very yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cool. It looks good. And then, look at that thing. 
we get the uh, septic tank just by itself, just one, one solo septic tank driving through the jungle. And when I first saw this thing, I thought it looked like kind of almost like a chibi. Mm-hmm. Same. <laughs> but it isn't, is it? Like, that's pretty much what the toy looked like, right? I mean, it was just a... It was a hiss, hiss with, with junk on it. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like the front part of the hiss is a bit longer yeah. and not aiming upwards like this one. But I could also, be wrong. It also helps that I'm watching this on uh, in a video that's stretching it um, horizontally. <laughs> oh, you got it rolling right now? I, I've yeah, I've got it on there. There is a there is a copy of this episode on YouTube. It's just hard to find. So uh, for reasons, our septic <laughs> tank is driving around, piloted by none other than. Okay, Christian, you got to tell us about this guy. It this is cesspool. He is the I guess what would you say the team leader for the. Uh, toxic part of Cobra. He's got the awesome scar going on because you can't be a villain without a scar. <laughs> um, and he wants to pollute and destroy and according to this episode, at least mutate everything. So oh, and I, th I think using Deke logic this is secretly Cobra Commander without the mask. What? Because that voice actor oh. was giving oh. more Chris Lotta <laughs> than Chris oh. Lotta does. <laughs> I, I, when he started talking, I had forgotten because when we first started this podcast, I got a hold of the Deke episodes and tried to do a watch through and. As soon as he started talking, I remembered that you this. made a huge mistake. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh, yeah, this. Uh. I mean, yeah. but I'll give the voice actor credit. As far as the characters in this episode go, he is giving it 110% and is probably the most interesting part. I would agree with that. He definitely brought the most life of anybody to this episode. So he's a foil to the Eco Warriors. But does his, which you guys are going to have to help me with who all these random toxic cobras are, because I don't know, but do they have a name? Are they like the, yes. the Toxo Force or something? Toxo Vipers Toxo and Viper. Sludge Vipers. Mm -hmm. Well, no, but I mean, collectively, are they, they're not like. Oh, oh. well, he's just the, the, the chief environmental operative, the CEO. That's okay. his title. Yeah. And I don't so think who, they had. Who would we compare him to from the older cartoon? Is he like a Major Blood or a a Destro or? He's not a Destro. A Zartan. I mean, he clearly he clearly has a gigantic Cobra symbol on his chest, so he's he's repping Cobra big time here. Sure, yeah, sure. If, if I, I mean, if I had to compare him. Uh, Personality wise, he's nothing like Dr. Mindbender, but well, I when just, I think of what his role yeah, is, okay, you're right, it's you're more right. Dr. Mindbender. Yeah. Um well that's what I meant. More his place in the Cobra hierarchy. And yeah, I think or maybe you're he's right. Like I think in the he's in the Crimson Guard position where he's 
Like he's yeah. Tomax and Zamot. He's got his own division within Cobra, but he's clearly oh, okay, okay. a member of Cobra. Okay. Yeah, like he's with the I believe it was was it the Sludge Vipers? Like he knows when he sends his troops out, right, into these very dangerous chemical filled areas. He knows bad stuff can potentially happen to them, but he does not care. Like everyone is expendable and he's not above experimenting on his own troops in order to produce results. Okay. So that's right. why I was thinking right. Dr. Mindbender, but it. yep. Uh, so he's driving through the forest and of course no Cobra can, can wander around unchecked. Because look who's here, ladies and gentlemen, the brawler. Can you believe that? And, and this was in no way planned on my part. Like, I had no idea when this thing showed up, I stood up and said, no way. I cannot believe the brawler with, that's Flint, right? Well, in name, yes. Yeah, well, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> don't, don't know who's who decided to give him that voice. <laughs> yeah, Flint, okay. We, yeah, Flint sounds so weird and disinterested. That's my problem with a lot of this episode. Actually, uh, once again, as we've experienced from most of the Deke, there's a nugget of a good episode in here. Yes, and when I look at the voice acting that this director got out of the Cobra side and then you hear the Joe side and they're just talking like this. Oh, they and... don't all just talk like that though. <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll get to that. that. But yeah, uh, Flint, when he puts me to sleep. So our introduction to Flint's and I think the guy might have been trying to do sort of a Clint Eastwoody thing. Um, but our introduction to Flint is Toxo Sludge. What a lousy way to start the day. And my phone auto-corrected this note to Taco Sludge, which is as timely <laughs> as the brawler because I did, for the first time in years, I ate Taco Bell the night before I watched this. Oh. And there was absolutely Taco Sludge involved <laughs> later on in the night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Toxo Sludge just getting shot all over the place, gets shot at the brawler, disables the brawler, uh, which which is actually kind of made me sad. I was like, oh, because I thought the brawler was going to show up and like take care of business. And then uh, Cesspool just squirts some Toxo Sludge on it and it's out of commission, which was kind of pathetic. Uh, but they then can he... only afford to have one vehicle attack at a time. <laughs> well, that seems to be the case. So here. there are no, unlike Sunbow, there are no like armies of vehicles. Uh, no, it, here. and it's it's kind of weird because if you watch uh, like the CGI cartoons that came out in the mid '90s, there was a limit to how many characters you could see on screen at one right, time. Right, right. That was a technological limitation. This is still cell animated, so there's no limitation. They were just being really <laughs> just <cheap>. lazy. <laughs> um, so the the Toxo Sludge that's being thrown all over the place mutates a grasshopper the grasshopper is of course furious about this and throws the whole septic tank entirely off a cliff 
And since this is G.I. Joe, Cesspool, of course, manages to grab a branch on the way down. We don't know how he survives, because <laughs> that is That's the it. last time we see him until just, the, credits, the opening credits roll. Right, we just see him <laughs> hanging on the branch. But also, um, this is the first of the... the of the septic tanks that's destroyed in this episode. I'm just telling you, this episode was not a very good commercial for the septic tank. <laughs> no, well, or or the the, the brawler, brawler. <laughs> because right. here's the brawler with just in Flint, just looking. Even though he has a mask on, uh, which very doesn't cover odd. his neck. Yeah, right. For some strange well, reason. You know, that's that's fine because later on we see just how useful the mask is. But uh, Flint, who you can tell is morose, even though he has a mask on. Uh, and and I like how the toxic sludge is like the the whatever we need it to be at this moment because when it, it attacks the brawler, it's like eating away at the metal, but it doesn't eat away at the bug. It just mutates it. Or or at Joe's. Oh, true. Yeah. Oh man, I must not. I didn't put the so. There's a picture in the credits, uh, or I put a picture I took of the credits with what appears to be Timber chasing three cobras, but then Snake Eyes is not. Now he appears in this one shot at the end of the credits, the like heroes shot trying to be the classic gi joe stuff i can't name most of these people well maybe i can maybe i can okay so we've got in the front that's general hawk still right mm -hmm. general tomahawk With i believe general tomahawk yeah i think you're right at this mm -hmm. point uh with snake eyes scarlet it's so bizarre that scarlet is just scarlet yeah and she's they hadn't produced a figure of her uh at at least not in her original colors at this point in time. This and this was pre Ninja Warriors or right. Ninja Force. It was yeah. right on the verge of it, though. Yeah. Uh, and then I think that's Duke. That is Duke. Mm -hmm. Two, right? Yeah. Or three, I guess three. V3, yeah. Because Tiger Force had come out. And then off to the right, I know that's Flint. The only reason I know that is because I have Eco Warriors Flint on the shelf over here. And then I don't know who these other bozos are. Is that bull? well? Isn't Dodger the one that's in the middle? The green one. The or the green mostly green one. There, they all have some green, right? Yes. No, the one with the the yellow pants in between. What I I don't think? know. It's not Dodger, is it? I don't know. Or Gridiron. I mean, not Dodger. Oh, gridiron. Is gridiron is uh, is he the third one over there on the right? Oh, is he? Okay, and then so. between Gridiron and Flint, no clue. That's not I thought the it desk. was Bullhorn because he's got the thing across his chest, but it's not Bullhorn. He's oh, okay. The Bullhorn's the maybe it's Big guy, Ben, right? I think that might be Big Ben. Oh, you might be right. And then on the far right, I have no idea. Well, oh yeah. No. And then over here on the left, we've got Storm Shadow. Uh, don't know. Don't know. Clean, is that clean sweep from the episode, or is that some? No, no that's some, the that's guy Sky in the Patrol, white pants right? is no. The guy in the white pants is one of the. Oh, is that Chibang? Ninja. Chibang, Chibang. 
And he moves, and he moves. I don't know that song well enough to be singing it. I will find it here. It's not Uh, Shebang? Is it uh, Nunchuck? No, I don't think Nunchuck is blue and yellow like that. No. Well, anyway. There he is. It is is Dojo. 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 That's it. Dojo, Jojo. And he was released as part of Ninja Force. Okay. So, uh, and then we've got a bunch of vehicles in the background that I I cannot. Ni- Whoa! Wait a minute. You know what I just realized? That's the that brawler, that- but it's the colors look so weird. It doesn't look like the brawler. Was it the brawler released in different colors? No, I think it's just that this picture is so poor. Because if you look at the brawler on eBay, it looks mm-hmm. like they're like five different versions of it. But it's just that the lighting. <laughs> in every picture is different and makes the colors look different. And then the color, the, the plastic probably changes colors over time. Yeah, too, that but, too. But there, there are yellow. ones I've seen pictures where the silver looks like it's gold, where the green looks like it's anything from olive drab to black. Like it's really wild how different it looks in the different pictures you see, including this one where it looks like it's red, silver, and black. Well, to the um, right of it is the badger. The oh, to its to its right, the, yeah, yeah, to its right, and then the um, middle. I know I've seen that thing. Yeah, I just don't. I can't think what it's called. And then is that Fortress America over there on the other side? The green thing, or Fort America, or whatever it's called. I don't know. Anyway, we spent far too much time on this. I hope the <laughs> listeners are enjoying this and feel compelled to join us at audiblearmy.com where you could actually see what we're talking about here. So anyway, see this the, is... This. Yeah, and feel free to correct us. Yeah, yeah. Let us know in the comments here here at, or at audiblearmy.com. Uh, but regardless, this is a colorful, eye-catching hero title screen. I do just wish there was a little clearer i I would love to see a a clearer image of this so then we we move into the eco warriors base which is separate from the gi joe base so the last episode we watched too the sky patrol seemed to have their own base as well so i think this is like all the sub teams have their own base Mm-hmm. They do, they do, which is fine. They they they're international now. It's like it's like everybody always talking about the Ghostbusters should be franchised now. GI Joe is franchised out into all these sub teams, and and you know what? It's fine with me if we want to keep the Eco Warriors and Sky Patrol separate from the real Joes. I mean the other Joes. Oops. <laughs> poor, uh, poor Flint. What did he do to get demoted to the? <laughs> Head of the Eco Warriors. Look at Flip's belt buckle. That is almost not acceptable. <laughs> um. Okay, uh, so we so we come you in... so so ozone is a bug collector. Ozone makes, is a bug collector. I think. Okay, wait. Was that ozone? Sense. No, that's not ozone over there on the. No, line. I thought it was ozone at first, but I was like, mm, unless they cheapened out and with um putting any kind of That's details maybe. on him so ozone's a bug collector he's hanging out with clean sweep and flint talking but about a, bugs as a bug collector you're you're really 
I just have to remind myself this is for kids. You're really <laughs> going to be telling the other Joes the one elusive bug you have not been able to catch <laughs> is a grasshopper. It's a grasshopper. <laughs> <laughs> like you couldn't have said, like a Japanese horned beetle, uh, like Just anything. One thing that you can a, find in any backyard. A grass, like this is why they have a separate base because the rest of the Joes, as much as I love ozone, look at them with a side eye going, okay. <laughs> so in the middle of uh, this fascinating conversation about how this doofus can't catch a grasshopper, Cesspool just calls him up. What? What's up, G.I. Uh, Joes? I've got a new weapon. <laughs> okay. So this is, I don't, it kind of makes me love cesspool more because this <laughs> is like extreme narcissistic right sociopath behavior well it's like it's, cheer face chippendale exactly it's like i it's not just oh here's my plot to overtake the world no i have to call you and tell you how amazing I am while I'm doing this. Guess what, and... losers? I've got a new exactly. weapon. You can't stop. <laughs> Come watch like... me use it. Okay. So uh it was almost flirty. Cesspool and... Cesspool delivers his message. The Joes, of course, decide they have to stop him at any cost. And you guys, I'm ninety-eight percent positive. When they say yo Joe, they all hugged. Oh, probably. <laughs> There's a shot. It's all three of them. And I should have taken a picture of this one too. Uh, but they're all three. They say yo Joe. And I, I kid you not, I think it's a group hug, which is awesome. I think that should become the standard, quite frankly. You know, they're just trying to save the planet. Outside of Flint, these are tree hugging hippies. It's true. It's, they well, love I think Earth. Flint, Flint has been converted. Oh. He's he's down. He's down he's with the uh, of the group. Yes, he's heart. <laughs> yes. Uh, so clean sweep, Flint and Ozone uh, hop in their generic planes, which I'm I think is an actual toy, though. That is an actual toy. Yes, they um, look so generic, and it's I believe it's the one that to me looked like the the like bottom shelf Walgreens plane that I. It's one of my least favorite Joe toys I've ever seen. It it looks like yeah one of those knockoff three and three quarter inch toys that you find at Ross or at like when Toys R Us was still around for because it's it's very undersized its cockpit was gigantic. Um, it is the Storm Eagle. Storm Eagle. Okay, so it, yeah, it looks like it's from the military force action line. Uh, but anyway, they hop in their generic planes and they figure out something big is headed for San Francisco. They'll need everything they've got, which is apparently the three of them and their lame planes. Oh, and can we point out that um, Clean Sweep is wearing, like everyone is in he is their wearing animation model because he is wearing his uh, welder, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> yes, mask. Yes. Like the visibility he must have to fly that plane <laughs> makes me feel incredibly safe. 
<laughs> also, Duke wearing his mask uh, and exhibiting, I guess, signs of telepathy because since you cannot see his face, did you guys notice every time when he talks, he has to put his hand to his head? Oh, I didn't notice that. Like Professor X style? Exactly. Like, oh, I'm just going to fly awesome. the plane with one hand so I can be like, hey, Ozone, veer left and shoot a missile. Oh, that's tremendous. Uh, so, indeed, swarms of giant insects, which have been mutated by cesspools toxo sludge, are attacking San Francisco, and they're being controlled by sonic tones, is what we're told. Only I one guy would mess with nature like that cesspool which is a pretty clever thing to figure out since cesspool literally told them he had a <laughs> massive plan that we're gonna have to try to stop my favorite part of the generic planes do they shoot lasers no they do not do they shoot missiles no they shoot lassos <laughs> <laughs> if i were designing an awesome future, you know, eight minutes in the future or whatever it is, fighting force airplane in 1991, I would absolutely make sure that it shot lassos, which granted, I suppose is cooler than a balloon collector that we all think is so great on the bat wing. <laughs> but really. So they shoot lassos at these bugs. And I have to say, uh, we get a plane crash scene because, of course, uh, it, what's a G.I. Joe if they don't crash a plane? And the music is kind of awesome. Yeah, it's the only time that the music's actually kind of reminiscent of the Sunbow series for just mm -hmm. a moment. Yes, it was. It was a little Sunbowy. Oh, and I also have to throw back to the, the opening credits and say the Joe Tough song. I, I officially love the Joe Tough song now, <laughs> and it is part of G.I. Joe forever and ever regardless it's, of how I feel about Deke in general. It, it It's it's almost like inevitable that G.I. Joe's theme song had to sound like that once the 90s started. Yes, yes. Uh, so, Clean Sweep crashes his plane, and rather than a parachute, Clean Sweep has this, I have to say, awesome but completely improbable giant glider that unfolds out of his back. Isn't it the Air Cabando? Is that what yeah. it was called? The I thought Air... you were going to say Air Cabana, and I was going <laughs> to be really excited. Because I thought, yeah. okay, the, the wings popping out, suspension of disbelief, I'll give it to him that that could happen. But Batman the, does piece it all on, the, time. the piece on the back that comes out as a you know the perfect circle to make him right. aerodynamic... <laughs> I mean, if, if the Falcons, that. if the Falcons giant wings can come out of that little tiny backpack, then these guys can do the same thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah, they're definitely trying to sell those air commander uh, vehicles. Or air yeah. Cause they get a vehicles. lot. It's a good way. The, it's a good way to incorporate them in. Those came with their own pilot figures though. Didn't they? Those weren't just mm -hmm. standard issue for like clean sweep. Didn't have one of those. No. Yeah, and, one of, and one of them's name was Skymate. Oh. <laughs> I I 
I my next note no two notes down. We're gonna talk about Skymate. Uh so clean sweep in his cool glider gliding all over San Francisco, and then of course a bug spits acid at the glider, as we'll find out throughout the rest of the episode. These bugs all just spit acid all over the place. Um and everybody's plane gets shot down by acid, and they all have these backpack gliders. So, Noel, you're right. Hasbro was was going hard on by the air commandos. Is that what you said? Yeah. This this is as as our listeners may know. This is this point in Joe history is a bit of a weak spot for me. And then we meet Skymate, who, as his name indicates is an Australian who flies. Wait, did we uh, encounter the Golden Gate Bridge yet? Is that uh, that's before Skymate, isn't it? It's when when you first see um cesspool um setting up everything. Cuz there's the part where Clean Sweep is going down and he goes through the uh support cables of the mm-hmm. Golden Gate Bridge and when the giant grasshopper is going through it, <laughs> magically the cables wrap themselves around him. I didn't uh, I didn't have a note about that, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, that totally me. stuck out to me because I was like, the bug is just going... The bug made it through one set of cables. And He's going to make it through the others or bust through them, but when they do the shot back from clean sweep, the cables are like now just like they just wrap themselves around him. Yeah. That is during the scene because I actually clocked it. There's a 49 second long period in this episode where there's no dialogue whatsoever. (laughs) Whoa. Or ah, when he's being chased (laughs) around by the bug And that's something they would have never done on Sunbow because, you know, at least someone's making a quip every now and then. You've got to have like a point of view character at all points. But like 49 seconds is a long time to go with nobody saying anything other than just like a a gasp of expression. Yeah, that Um, is very weird. Yeah. And and yeah, that that where the bug gets tied up in the in the Golden Gate Bridge is definitely part of that. So. Uh, you guys, I'm not drinking tonight, and I feel like I'm drunk. <laughs> uh, so now we get Skymate. We get Skymate, who Wait, has in a, all of these. a horrible... Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't have any uh, aphorisms like that. Oh, he did. Um, that was the first he thing did. he said. Oh, he was did. it? Oh, yeah. I had blocked yeah, yeah. that out of my mind. What, give we it have to, to let again. you know that he's Australian. Whimpering Wallabies. Oh, my gosh. He's Skymate is... I'm, this there's there's a little recency bias involved with one of what I'm about to say. Skymate is the worst character in the history of GI Joe. Weren't we saying that about a character from the Sky Patrol in the last episode we reviewed? I'm sure we, we were, just but keep getting worse. <laughs> yeah, the Skymate is horrible. So let's let's move on for for a moment and talk about how uh, there are. Two random children that are just alone on a rooftop for some reason. And the retaliator drops down and they grab onto its rescue claw. Completely safe. No problems with this whatsoever. Uh, and, and fly away. I mean, you know, 
Although I guess given the option of being eaten by or spit acid at by a giant bug and grabbing a ride on the retaliator hook, I guess I would choose the dangerous retaliator ride. Not that the bug could not have spit acid on that claw. Well, right, then right. You would have fallen. Well, well as, your as you as you might have noticed, uh, these bugs flew into San Francisco. They didn't like take taxis into town. True. So, <laughs> why in the world didn't it just continue after them off of this roof, <laughs> or as grasshoppers are wont to do, leap after it? But, well, maybe. Being mutated has increased their intelligence somewhat, and it is having the same WTF moment that we are. Like, kids, what are you doing? That is not safe. Like, that is an OSHA violation waiting to happen. Uh, just let me kill you on the roof. Like, it would be quick and painless. So... The bugs have overtaken the city. G.I. Joe has been routed aside from being able, like they could rescue like six civilians. But other than that, San Francisco is completely overrun. So, of course, the mayor of San Francisco has no choice but to just surrender the entire city to cesspool. And I suppose that just makes him the mayor of San Francisco now. I guess. This is an alternate universe where the National Guard does not exist. So the National Guard does not exist, and mayoral races are won via <laughs> giant mutated bugs. Whoever has the most giant acid spitting bugs uh, wins. And clearly, GI Joe at this point only has three members they're willing to send into town to help out. Yes, and the all of their thing. all of their generic lasso shooting airplanes have been melted <laughs> by bug acid. Uh, so cesspool calls a meeting of all all of the people of San Francisco, all all twenty seven of them. I mean, you know, it's, it's not that big of a city, and, right? And tells them just sit tight here while I go take over the rest of the world. So tell me who are these uh, who are these troopers with cesspool at his big press conference that he called in like five minutes? So much like they often do in Deke, they they treat troopers like they're a single character because it appears there's one toxo viper and one sludge viper with all right him. which you which of these is which the purple and green is the sludge viper i need one of right? those the and one then... that the one that's mostly the yellowish color is the um the sludge viper oh the is it oh, is, is it? one that's darker okay. okay but they all coordinate very well oh wait i didn't because realize... i just remember the one with the green and purple because obviously my younger brother had all of these um and the one in the green and the yellow his water shooting weapon was like this huge underarm cannon thing so that's I've got a Toxo Viper. I didn't realize that's what that was because his helmet is like not really well represented here. Yeah, they didn't. Or maybe yeah. he's not wearing it. Um. Okay. So, so anyway, there's so the Sludge two... Viper. There are multiples of those later in the episode. Right. Mm-hmm. But for this scene, it's just like you, you, he's got one of each with him, and then they get into the helicopter, which I want to talk about here in a second, too. And... Yes, dude, we've got to talk about this helicopter. 
Yeah, because I looked for ages for this vehicle on Yojo.com, and apparently so it was I. never produced. It's not a real thing. I was furious because as soon as I saw it, I was like, I am buying one of those immediately. It's the best-looking vehicle in, in this entire episode. and it's not Well, except movie. for the brawler. <laughs> yeah, Come but it's now. melted down, so. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Sorry, you're Dave. right. You're right. It is the best vehicle in the episode. Yeah, it's, this is the only vehicle that survives the entire episode. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, this thing is great. Um, and then Ozone just runs and jumps and hangs on it all the way back to what I thought was a new version of Cobra Island, but is apparently like Cesspool Island or something. I don't know. Well, that's uh, the infested island, I suppose. Because well, right. When this, as this episode was unfolding, I'm like, wait a minute, are are they trying to tell us that they think San Francisco's on an island? Because it's not; it's on a peninsula. And then I was like, oh, that's the infested island. Uh, but <laughs> Super Seven, we need that. We that yes. infested island is one of the coolest things. That Cobra has built. I'm not being facetious, listeners. I'm With the legit. island? That, the, a giant skull monster looking head. Wasn't With, it like an insect head? I should have taken a picture of that too. I'll no, get that. It looks like yeah, a monster skull, kind of. Yeah, it looks like it, like it has giant tusks or something. Yeah. To make the two uh, little peninsulas on the side. So, uh, so yeah, that thing was awesome. And actually, now you you saying that Christian about Super Seven like producing this somehow reminds me of my favorite bathtub toy of all time. There was a Gilligan's. Oh, oh my God! I knew you were gonna go, yeah. dude. Yes, dude. Yes. I completely had forgotten about that thing until just now. I no, used it was that made by Avon. I used that with every uh every toy line that I owned. It was oh my amazing, gosh, here it is. Amazing. I've got to find a way to share this. Um oh it's on Mercari. How much is it? Oh my gosh, it's everything. Yeah, the hut, the little tree, the, oh the, oh my gosh! All right, wait, I gotta, I've gotta share my screen here. How do the I? The little man with the scar. It was Play School that did it, right? No, it was Avon. I see Play or School, or at least Avon them. sold them. They may have. Oh wow, this screen share works really nicely. It like crops it down oh. to just what you're on look at this beauty holy cow so this was what oh, probably was whoops so this was probably what a little over a foot wide right mm -hmm. like that's probably about right so it worked it. for gi joes and star wars and like but it floated perfectly that little raft, this is not complete. It's missing. There was a little flag that went with the raft mm -hmm. that I remember. Um, this thing was epic. And you could fill the little over on the right side. That's a little pond. 
mm-hmm. that you could fill with water. This is what I had not thought about this until just now. This is one of the greatest toys of my childhood. And G.I. Joe's and Star Wars figures fit yes. in the hiding tree. Yes, in the tree. Because you get the they didn't, the, I mean the head didn't line up, but still. Yeah, yeah, was, but they could go in there. And the le- the leafy part the tree came off the island entirely. Mm-hmm. And the leafy part came off the top of the tree. Oh man. Yes, listeners. A Gilligan's Island playset is more interesting than this <laughs> than deep episode. Deep. We should have done a review of this <laughs> instead of the deep episode. <laughs> All right. We should probably move on. And again, uh, what what a reason to sign up right now at audiblearmy.com so you can check out this incredible Gilligan's Island bathtub playset from 1977. Well, I'm seeing that there's apparently they because the one that I'm seeing right here looks closer to the one that I remember playing with that has more like painted details. So they definitely did a few different releases of this throughout the years. Oh, really? Because the, the one the one I was just showing looks exactly like the one that I had. Oh, I see what you're talking about, Noel. There is another one. And instead of the hut, it has another tree. Yeah. Oh, that's, got... that's the one that I remember. Yeah. Well, it looks like, no... This is all this is is because look, it's got the top of the hut. Oh, and good point. All this is is somebody had two of them and stuck another tree on oh. it. Maybe they tried painting it. Themselves. Oh, and you know what I just re- remembered? You could switch where the hut and the tree were. There's oh. a in both places, there's an oval for the hut and a circle for the tree, and you can switch where they are on the island. Yeah, but there's definitely different paint details on these different. Well, versions. this one's this one's just more worn. Well, this, this the, what I'm looking at right now has like it's got like four different colors. Whoa, yeah, this one. There's another one it's here. One on well, I eBay guess I, right now. I guess I well look at this one on Etsy. If I can, oh, it won't do a. Oh yeah, it will. Okay, wait, we're gonna. But do now I what, even what? if it's just the island part. Thank you for reminding me of it. What a rabbit hole we've gone down. Yeah. Yeah. So look, this one completely different has no paint. Oh, that's the anchor in the flag. And this one is, uh, I don't think we can zoom in. Oh, we can zoom in. So see that little anchor with the flag Mm -hmm. on the raft is what I was thinking of. But look, this one has no paint. It's completely different. And I just sent one to you that this is this is the way I remember it looking, where it's got more painted details. If you pull up the one that I just sent oh, in the chat. Oh, whoa. Okay, I hang on. I want to buy the island piece now. Yeah, I want that. I want to find. The, I, well, this is 52, but I wouldn't want this one, though, because this this is not this the one that all, I had. Hang right. On. Well, this, is, this also is also missing the other accessories, but I do very distinctly remember playing with this like my friend really was yeah yeah mine did not have those the sand colors on it mine just had the brown and that starfish was not brown on mine and no one wants a brown starfish you're right about that pal (laughs) let's move on uh all right so what a detour so <laughs> Ozone has now held on for dear life and 
got himself into the infested island. Ozone may be the dumbest member of the G.I. Joe team, we are learning. And that's well, saying something. No. I, well, yes, on the G.I. Joe team. I think uh, the grasshopper that is in that cage is the dumbest animal to ever exist in the G.I. Joe universe. Because, Good. listeners, it's a normal-sized grasshopper in a cage meant for the giant bugs. So the gaps <laughs> between the poles are, like, right. two feet wide. And this grasshopper is just like, no, 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 no. Oh, I'm just riding down into some toxic sludge. Well, I'm not no, going to jump out. It has no reason to think there's a problem. It's just hanging out, grasshoppering around well, in this big we... structure. Before we get to the island, however, as they're on this helicopter approaching, Cesspool calls up Cobra Commander to gloat yes. that he has taken over right. San Francisco. Um, San from what was that again? San Francisco, you know. Oh my from, gosh. Uh, he rolled six. San, San Francisco now. So you get a Chris Lotta. Uh, uh, cameo, mm -hmm. and every time Chris Lotta shows up in one of these episodes, it feels like it is from like another dimension. The yes. quality of voice acting in co comparison, yes, to go to Cesspool is fine for Deke, but like in right. comparison yeah. to everything else here, he just blows Correct. them all away. Yeah, and I love but the I fact the cover commander is just like. <laughs> You took over one city, <laughs> right? Why don't you call me when you take over a whole country? Well, and I, I do like though that we got the scene of cesspool reporting, like directly reporting to Cobra Commander. He does seem like a step up from Nagahide, <laughs> uh, as far as effective lackeys go. Uh, so Ozone makes his way into the infested island headquarters and encounters. The, okay, these are the sludge vipers. Yes. Yes. And they're sludge cannons, uh, which they shoot at Ozone. And they talk like robots for some reason. I didn't quite understand that. Yeah. So Ozone, of course, is in this headquarters by himself. He is not talking on a radio, but he has to ex exclaim out loud what he's viewing. Right. Tipping off these three immediately. <laughs> Uh, so they, they, of course, respond by calling him G.I. Jerk and Eco Wimp. Uh, and then Ozone gets sprayed into Toxo Sludge and something horrible happens. And then the but... Eco Warriors, back in their Eco Base, receive a Class 1 Eco Alert. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it terrifies me to think uh, of what else might qualify for a class one eco alert. Uh, they are working on an antidote. It's weird to me that they refer to. So we, as the viewers, we know what has happened to ozone or we know something has happened to ozone. Uh, and the, the others, claim that they're working on an antidote which they're talking about for the giant mutant bugs but it's just weird to me that they use the term antidote it seems like retro mutagen or something would have been a better term especially yeah. for 1991 mm. uh and then we discover uh so a lot, i i missed or i didn't miss i didn't make any notes 
for a few scenes, apparently, because the next note I have is all bugs vomit acid. That's science. <laughs> well, but ozone, after being shot, like we don't get to see him, but he does have enough uh, energy, life, whatever you want to call it, to call. Not video <laughs> enough, call. Enough mana. <laughs> Just a regular <laughs> phone call right. to the G.I. Joe headquarters so that he, so the eco warriors can know that something's going on because he is, I don't remember the exact words, but it was something along the lines of something terrible is happening. Clean Sweep <laughs> is very, very concerned about ozone, despite not really knowing that ozone is in danger at this point in time and he's like what's going on and flint looks back at him and goes that's what the computer is going to tell us <laughs> yeah <laughs> get ozone. computering ozone something's happened to ozone so we we do discover that ozone is now a bug man uh, because that's what Toxo Sludge, even though it it did not mutate him into a giant acid spitting man, it turned him into a, an acid spitting bug man with uh, ozone's beard. And then then Thank we you. learn, then we learn that uh, for some reason, cesspools sonic tones transform people into an aha video. <laughs> They get all these like <laughs> shaded lines on them, and, and stop in dynamic poses. Uh, so he's using his sonic tones to potentially take over the world, and and as cesspool proclaims, now the whole world will be as miserable and mutated as I am. Which, by the way, what's his deal? I, he has Is a he, scar. He doesn't, he doesn't seem mutated. No. He does seem miserable. I believe his origin story, I think it's this way in the comic, and I want to say they did it here too, is he's essentially, he's um, the Joker in 89 Batman. He gets dumped into a vat of smile. That makes makes sense. I've got to say, Cesspool's voice might be more annoying than Hordak. (laughs) <laughs> and he doesn't kinda, snort though well he kind of does he, though he, he kind of does this weird like something like he makes well some because the scar kind of if you notice it pulls his mouth to the mouth, side yeah yeah the poor guy i shouldn't i shouldn't mock his impediment his his different formation <laughs> i don't know I, like i, I said i'm not even drinking tonight and i feel drunk for for the early 1990s, there's still a lot of people who are putting boomboxes against their ears uh, in this in this episode. Yes, yes. Uh, Skymate, who is a, a, a deplorable moron, uh, calls Smog Grody. <laughs> Man says the word Grody as a descriptor in it, 1991. I, that, that was 1991. He likes him some Full House. Mm, that's fair. He was, that's he was fair. listening to the Valley Girl soundtrack before he got on. <laughs> Gag me with a smirk. <laughs> uh, so the Eco Warriors arrive at the infested island and uh, are breaking in. And hey, Eco Warriors, dum dums, you have personal protective equipment. Perhaps you should put it on before you blow the door open. Right? Like you're going to fly the plane wearing 
your helmet right. fully down. Right. But when you actually need it, when you actually enter into an unknown environment, masks up, fellas. <laughs> we got to get the glamour shot in. <laughs> wow, madness. You know, Lady J leaves him, and Duke just falls apart. Yeah, oh, you mean uh, Flint. Uh, Flint? Yeah. Oh, sorry, Flint. Flint. Yeah, I I feel like I saw an image of Lady J in like the opening credits or something. Was she blue and yellow? Is that a thing? I think they changed. Yeah, I think they changed her color along with Scarlet's just randomly because there was no new toy to sell at this point. Uh, so the, the Eco Warriors make their way inside. And, and of course, the, there's a standoff between them and like three Cobras because there are just no armies in any of these. Uh, and Cesspool now has said twice something about having a nice day. And I got to wonder, did Mick Foley, a younger Mick Foley, was he a big fan? Deke G.I. Joe seems like exactly the weird kind of thing that Mick Foley might enjoy. And I'm going to ask him about it when I meet him in two weeks here. I was going to say, if if this is the connection that we have to get him on this podcast, yes. Oh, man. I If I could, even though it wouldn't make any sense whatsoever, if I can get him to do a, a little quick soundbite for us, that would be absolutely incredible. Uh, all right. Only if you can get him to do it in all of his different personalities. He's act, They actually just put out, or, or it's shipping soon. It's not going to be here soon enough for me to bring it. Um, but they just did a three-pack of Cactus Jack, Mankind, and Dude Love. <laughs> It's pretty amazing. And and he is like he is ready to sign it. And I my impression is that he's charging for three signatures, which he I mean he should. He has he to should. three different ways. All right. Anyway. Also, right before this, we also see uh, a a another shot of a um uh, a septic tank immediately blown up by G.I. Joe. So yes. again, not selling these toys very well. Not the most dependable of crafts. Well, no, you need more than one because they're gonna get blown up. Mm, I guess so. One shot. Uh, so, this idiot Skymate. Oh, mate, remember me? Your old mate from down under? Dude says mate twice in a sentence. Oh, is Skymate from Australia? I hadn't noticed. <laughs> and this was post, like, Australia madness in the 80s, where, you know, Paul Hogan and Jocko from the Energizer commercials. Right, right. Australia was not cool anymore at this point. No, no, it was, it was over. It was always cool. Uh, so we see Ozone is now a toxo bug, uh, and he gets sent to attack his fellow G.I. Joes. Flint seems pretty excited about it right here, to be honest. Uh, but then when Ozone, he's on a chain, which is not in this picture at all. No. <laughs> but he is on a chain, and we know this because... Uh, he uses his bug specialty to vomit on his chain and then steal a giant toxo bug and fly away. <laughs> but wait, at, at this point, doesn't does don't we have cesspool? Like he introduces ozone yes. to them, yes, and then says, 
or, or basically reveals his new plan for taking over the world. This is, is Ozone. I've toxicized Toxo him. Uh, and yes. I'm sorry, but Toxo Joe is going to be a a drink at Dragon Con or Joe Fest. Yes. I'm not for sure which. And I noted uh, that every time that Cesspool says Toxo something, it sounds like he's saying talk show. Talk so show. I kept hearing him say talk show bugs. Talk show bugs. That's great. Talk show Joe. <laughs> It's Sally Jesse Roach. <laughs> I this <sighs> early nineties man talk shows were a thing. Uh, so Ozone is struggling with his bug identity, and then a, one of the generic planes uh, has replaced its lasso shooter with uh, a spray, sprays him with the antidote, and his boots reappear. <laughs> and also, he turns human. And uh, so also, now, apparently, his claws that were holding on for dear life to that satellite dish, as soon as they turn back into human right. hands, he's got a lot more grip, surprisingly yeah. enough. <laughs> uh, and then Cl Clean Sweep, as he sprays him, says, this time the antidote has got to work, which it's the first time, <laughs> but that's okay. He's not wrong. You only get one shot. You know, they're just sensitive guys. Uh, so Cobra Commander is is making a poorly timed arrival to Cesspool Island, and Ozone can somehow see from his view on the satellite dish through the opaque canopy of this Cobra Copter that it is Cobra Commander. So he knows Cobra Commander's on the way. Uh, and then Cobra Commander, this is maybe my favorite bit in the whole thing. Cobra Commander tells Cesspool to expect a sizable bonus in his next paycheck five dollars <laughs> and this answers a question we've actually brought up on the show before regarding cobra's compensation plan now yeah. we know and cesspool seems legit delighted about his five dollars mm -hmm. well he's salary so his paycheck doesn't change unless he gets these bonuses that's right that's right five bucks uh, that was so a lot in 1991 money <laughs> Uh, so the Joes are in a dire position at the, at the whim of Cobra Commander and Cesspool. They're about to be toxicized. And Flint says, even as a toxo Joe, I'll never serve you. We'll see about that. But then Ozone, who's back with his boots in his human form, uses the sonic transmitter to summon the toxo bugs. But they're just regular bugs, which is still horrible, by the way. Like... I don't want to be attacked by giant bugs or little bugs. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we get uh, another little hero shot of the Joes. And it's at this point that I noticed that Ozone looks like Kenny Loggins. <laughs> well, he took the highway to the danger zone in this. Took the highway to the Ozone. <laughs> danger zone. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> oh my god audible interlude now with 10% more Kenny Loggins <laughs> uh, and then 
fortunately for everybody, we were. This is not the correct scene, but I just wanted to bring the Cobra Copter back up. The Cobra Copter shows up outside, and while the Joes just stand there and watch, Cobra Commander and Cesspool just disappear. We don't see them board the copter. We don't see any interaction whatsoever. It's a shot of the Cobra Copter. The Joe's looking at the Cobra Copter, and then it just flies away, and Cobra Commander and Cesspool are gone. And then back Skill. at the Eco Warriors base, Ozone has a moral quandary and decides that he needs to free all of his insects. But and little that... did he know closing those jars without air holes <laughs> was not a good idea. All this time, agents are dead. <laughs> he's just got a room full of jars of dead bugs because he's an idiot just like everybody else in this episode <laughs> especially Skymate <laughs> he is the worst and I know the, the, the worst part about Skymate is I know one day I'm going to end up buying his figure you are going to seek out that figure one day oh. I know it I'm so disgusted with myself over that fact. <laughs> You're gonna uh, the, the other uh, uh, air commandos are gonna fall into your lap, besides the one that has him, and you're gonna have to seek him out. Right, right. That's what's gonna collection. happen. Look, I'll tell you, as, as has been well documented, Battle Force 2000 was for me kind of my breaking point with GI Joe. However, when we were in Louisville last year, they had a complete Battle Force 2000 set for a really good price and if i had had the funds i would have bought it it was all the figures the the complete nonsense fortress thing all of it i, I can't remember what the price was but i could not believe that it was that price but i just didn't at the time have the funds to do it uh this but- i'm just looking at skymate uh just super quickly on ebay yeah and he does not deserve to be the price that he is. What is he like? Four dollars? It no, I wish. <laughs> uh, the cheapest one I see right now is uh, just him with no weapons or anything, right. uh, and lots of paint damage. Uh, and it's sixteen ninety nine or best offer, oh uh, which the person should pay us. To take him uh, all the way up to two hundred and twenty nine dollars, um, that's insanity. Yeah. Oh, and this is a truly offensive figure too, with his little bowler hat and his yellow. Oh, it's awful. I want to stop looking at yeah, this. I you think guys... it's not supposed to be a bowler hat per se. Uh, there is a visor that most of them are missing. Oh, okay. I thought it was a polar hat. I know it at first. <laughs> I did too because I was like, okay, it's sort of dumb, dumb Dugan, but then I saw the visor. Oh, okay. Well, that's even but, worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, final thoughts about Infested Island. My final thought is I cannot wait for the next Deke episode, which will be chosen by the Audible Army on audiblearmy.com. You see what I, we do for you, Audible Army? You see what we do for you. Right. KB Joe Photographs, listen, you told us that you were missing the reviews, and I feel like the Deke ones give the listeners what 
they what a want. value what they deserve what a value <laughs> It's time to wrap this show up, and that means it's time for Knowing is Half the Babble, the segment where each of us gets a a little bit of time to talk about whatever we want that may not even be G.I. Joe related. Uh, I'm going to kick this one off because it's it's not a lengthy segment, but it's something I've got to express my fondness for. I am still absolutely loving uh, Hasbro's Kenner Star Wars Retro Collection. These figures delight me to no end. I've done a couple reviews on the Needless Things YouTube channel of of a few of the different releases. And to me, it's so exciting to open these up to see how they've executed them, whether they're reproductions of originals or the completely new figures that they've been doing. Uh, This last Return of the Jedi six-pack that just came out is phenomenal. This collection, it just makes me so happy. I love it. And I think I've talked about it a little bit on the show before, but I just wanted to mention it again that the simple figures that stand with no problem, that sit with no problem, that are the, you know, the toys of my childhood. Uh, I, I just am loving this collection. And compared to so much other stuff out there, they're very affordable. Yes, they maybe cost a little bit more than I'd like to pay, but for, you know, 11, 12 bucks a pop, I'm I'm very very happy with this collection, and now we're dipping into Phantom Menace, baby. Let's go! I cannot wait to have a five POA Jar Jar Binks up on the shelf. Let's do it! Uh, all right, uh, Noel, what's what is your babble this time around? So uh, this actually would have been a little bit closer to the date, although I did see him post uh, today that it was the anniversary uh at least today as the day we're recording this it's still a half hour before the end of the day so technically still the day but um friend of the show our 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 good buddy uh bergy word burglar uh 10 years since the release of rap viper which uh the first time i heard that and it was close to the release date if not the day it first dropped man i was hooked um i i listened to that welcome to cobra island album a hundred times um within that first couple months and um i was just really surprised that when we got on this podcast that dave hadn't uh heard of it at the time i did not know about it at all until you brought it to my attention and even once you did i was like i i don't buy this guy rapping about gi joe (laughs) and then i listened to it and yeah i mean the, the just wonderful stuff uh i had to go back and just go go watch that original video again today it's even amazing yeah it, it's such a it's such just a fun video too so well directed and it's just you know you're a gi joe fan and you like and you even remotely like any hip-hop music you just just go check it out if you haven't already all right christian wrap us up Okay, so mine is a few weeks old now, uh, but uh, a lot of my babbles early on uh, were about voice actors, and there's one voice actor in particular 
uh, who did the voice of Airborne and Nemesis Enforcer and a certain Transformer that Noel's just kind of obsessed with, <laughs> Mr. Peter Cullen. Uh, and why am I bringing him up? Because the National Academy of Television, Arts, and Sciences awarded him a Lifetime Achievement Award. And he is the first voice actor to be graced with that. And wow. the, the recognition and honors coming in from so many people in the industry, um, that's awesome. And, and he congratulations Optimus Prime during his acceptance speech too. Mm -hmm. He he quoted Optimus Prime. So wow, that's fantastic! Huge congratulations. Absolutely deserves it. Now we got to get one for Frank Welker. Yes, and yes, yeah. Who I mean, I love I love love Peter Cullen, but Frank Welker probably should have had that before him. Honestly, for all of the work he's done over the years. Yeah, going yeah. all the way back to the old Scooby-Doo. I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. wow. Well, what a great note to go out on. That is all the show we have for this week. Our music is by Andy Sanford of electricminnowmusic.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Audible Interlude Podcast and on X at G.I. Joe Audible. Noel, why don't you tell us a little bit about The Finest? The Finest is an international G.I. Joe costuming club, and we raise money for a great organization called Canines for Warriors. If you've ever been interested in dressing up like your favorite Joe or Joe-adjacent character, check out thefinestcc.com for field manuals. Check out The Finest Recruitment Center on Facebook for some tips and hints. And if you see us at a convention, we will be at Toylanta coming up in March. Um, that's where my garrison will be next, and uh, we'll be raising money there. So drop by, throw a few bucks in there, and get some cool swag while you're at it. And Christian, where can we find that toy photography that you do so well? You can find me on Instagram and Flickr.com under the name Legion Cub. And of course, everyone should check out audiblearmy.com where you can sign up for all kinds of exclusive bonus content, including the video version of the episode that you are listening to right now. We've had a wonderful time talking about G.I. Joe, Christian, and Noel. This is my favorite time of the week. And until next time, yo, Joe! Cobra. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh-huh.